Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode number four of the Reinventure Me podcast. Have you ever found yourself trying to impress another? Or perhaps feeling so stupid with something you're pursuing that you just want to give up? Well, you may have succumbed to a fixed mindset, and we're going to talk about that on this episode of Reinventure Me. Find your next great beginning. This is the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Uh, welcome, everyone, to this next episode of Reinventure Me, the show where we talk about what's next in life. And for the next 30 minutes, uh, we hope to give you some inspiration, maybe challenge you a little, help you find out what your next great beginning is all about. Armin Asadi is my co host. I'm Larry Gates. And Armin, we had some we had some pretty terrific response to our last episode about toxic jobs. Indeed, we did. I think people love the fact that we're talking about their worst jobs and then talking about how to get over them. So it's always a positive thing to hear. Yeah, and well, I think we might have also created a little bit of a disconnect too. We've had some feedback from some of our listeners that you know it's one thing to talk about uh, jobs that nobody wants to have. It's another to talk about a job that maybe you wanted to have. And it just went bad. And right. it went bad not because the job was bad so much, but the environment was bad and it was toxic. And, you know, it doesn't take a miserable job to have a toxic uh, situation. And one of our listeners pointed out that they realized that they were in a toxic job when they were talking to someone and their old self reemerged again. Hmm. You know, they, they had this more jovial, congenial, lighthearted self, and they just wondered to themselves, well, where has that person been? <laughs> and I think that's one of the things that happens when you're in a toxic job situation. And that was part where what we talked about last time. So, yeah. And I'm glad that we're making that clarification that you can be in a job that looks great, but then the atmosphere itself or the environment itself can create that toxic environment rather than the job itself being the toxic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right on. But today we obviously have something crazy that we're going to be talking about that obviously is from a mind-blowing book. So I think it'd be good for us to just straight up start with the uh, Resource Me segment. Right on. Well, we want to leave you with a lot of change, literally speaking. <laughs> That's you know, right. This book that we want to talk about today in today's episode, it was written by Carol Dweck back in 2006, and the name of the book is Mindset, The New Psychology of Success, How We Can Learn to Fulfill Our Potential in Parenting, Business, School, and Relationships. And Carol Dweck wrote that back in 2006. I listed that as one of the top 10 books I read last year. I'm, I'm a little behind in my, <laughs> almost, nine, almost eight years behind in my reading, but I, I found that book absolutely fascinating. And if I ever had a book that I would send back to my former self, you know, like when I was a kid or when I was right. in college. It'd probably yeah. been more helpful for me when I was in college. That would be the book that I would send back to myself. Do, do you have any like that, uh, Armin, that you would? Uh, you, you, yeah, there is actually. There's one book. Um, 
It's called Multipliers by Liz Wiseman. If if there's ever a leadership book that's given me a paradigm shift um, regarding leadership and how to lead people, that was the book that's probably done the most for me. And I wish I would have sent that back. Yeah, and you know that's I think that's just an interesting question. You know, when you think about what are the resources that you picked up along the way that you would like to have informed your earlier self. Right. She wrote this book in 2006. So um, what I wish is that she'd written it a lot, a lot longer ago. <laughs> while you're in college, maybe? While, while I was in college, in fact. Uh, in, in fact, that's really a life-changing time for me was when I was in college. And uh, really, when I read this book, it hit home in so many ways mm. that I would have really enjoyed this resource back then. Now, I, I hope I would have had enough wisdom to... Uh, listen to it and apply it. You know, you right. can still be presented with all the great information, yeah. and you, and you know, you think you'll do something, but you know, your younger self isn't nearly as smart as your older self is, and that's because you don't go through so many experiences. But <laughs> would you have even had time to read it? I mean, you were you were you're you know, I didn't read. I, I hardly read anything <laughs> anything that I needed <laughs> you to. Like you know, me. so yeah, it's likely I probably wouldn't have read it. You know, it's like casting pearl before swine. I would have I would have just. Not even had it. So there you go. Thank you. That's good. God's sovereign. You know, Carol Dweck didn't write it because I wouldn't have read it. (laughs) Exactly. But I'll tell you what happened to me when I was in college. I remember being in, um, in my third year, my junior year, I was getting a degree in physics and, uh, and that takes me back a little bit farther, but, um, I, it was one night. I remember it was three o'clock in the morning and I was uh, in my office. I was had, had a part-time job for the Laboratory for Atmospheric and Space Physics. And I remember sitting at my desk, looking out my window at a campus that was absolutely dark. All the lights were off, huh. except for mine, because I was doing Schrodinger derivations for my problem sets I had to turn in the next morning. And I was on the sixth page of trying to do a Schrodinger derivation, and I'm... I don't even know what you're saying, but <laughs> well, I barely know what I'm saying that, now. I but I can't it's, even repeat that term that you're saying that you were working on. Well, it, it's it's just a physics problem set that I was working on, and okay. it took six pages to do one problem, and I had six of these to do. Wow! And and so I was I was working on this, and I just had one of those epiphanies. And I asked, I put my head in my hands and I just, I said out loud. Now, if I hadn't said this out loud, I don't think it would have stood out to me, but I said out loud, I have reached the end of my intelligence. Hmm. And of course, it's, it's a silly thing to say because, you know, that's not possible. But I felt like that guy on that Comcast commercial that they had a number of years ago, you know, where he's surfing the internet, you know, and then, then the screen pops up and says, You've reached the end of the internet. There's nothing else to see, you know? Yep. And I felt just like that guy that, it, that I had somehow tapped out everything because there was no more to give. And I had a crisis. You know, I had to think about, well, what do I, what do, I do from here? You know, what do you do when you're tapped out? What do you do when you feel so stupid that you've, you've experienced utter failure? And I, I went down the next morning and tried to change my degree from physics to anything you Did know you really yeah I and, know that and part of the story and i uh, i wasn't able to do that without uh, spending at least another year in college and i wasn't inclined to to do that so i kind of plowed through uh with what little energy i had to do physics but that was a turning point for me hmm. because i took that episode and i thought well what what was that all about why am i pursuing this degree when i don't really want 
this degree. I really thought about what would I do with this degree? And I realized that I remembered at that time, it took a little time to process this. In fact, it took a number of years to process this because after I graduated from college, I went off to work at Cray Research. Mm. And it wasn't until I was several years into the job that I got my first promotion. Mm. And I got promoted from a job where I was doing really well. I was the only guy that knew how to solve this particular type of software, connecting the digital equipment computers to the Cray computers. And it you know, it was fairly technical, but I was one of the guys around the world that fly around the world and, and fix these problems. And so I had this expertise label that was put on me. I was the white knight that would come in and solve these problems around the world. I was at the top of my game mm-hmm. until I got a promotion. Mm-hmm. And my boss promoted me to work on a more important product but I was at the bottom of the pecking order. Hmm. There were several other people that were far better than I was working on that product, and it threw me into a depression. Uh, now, it wasn't a long-standing depression. I don't want to undermine those who go through clinical depression by that, but I do remember very vividly that it took me back to this episode back in college where I felt like I reached the end of my intelligence, and I realized that there was something I was trying to get to prove myself and whether I was adequate. And when I had to start over again, I felt like that validation that I had earned was gone. Hmm. And I didn't realize it really until I read Carol Dweck's book that I had succumbed to what she calls a fixed mindset. And uh, there's two kinds of mindsets that she describes in this book. One is a fixed mindset which believes we have fixed or innate, innate traits and we have to you know live up to them and prove them. So I was trying to get people to think that I was really smart. Right. In fact, when I look back on it, I only chose a degree in physics precisely because it was the hardest looking discipline in college and it made it sound like I was smart to do so. Yeah. You know, a fixed mindset believes that we have these fixed or innate traits and alternatively a growth mindset believes that we can improve our traits over time. You know, and it's the line from Edison, you know, I, I didn't have a thousand failures. I learned a thousand ways to make a light bulb. I mean, he was, he definitely had a growth mindset. Yeah. You know, for me, I would have probably looked, taken five or 10 or 15 failures maybe. And I always said, that's it. I'm not smart enough to figure this out. <laughs> right. You know? Well, one of the things that you were saying that, that really sticks out to me, because it, it, I, I just remember anytime you go to college, it's almost like you're taught that you're supposed to prove yourself, that you're constantly supposed to show people how smart you are. So I almost feel like it's a natural state of affairs for you to be in if you're in college to feel like you you have to prove yourself or you have to show how smart you are. Yeah, we learn that we have to get the grade and there's this performance hurdle and then you, you're, compa- you're always comparing grades with somebody else right. and you don't feel like unless your grades match up to what somebody else is doing that you are smart, that right. there's something wrong with you. Yep. And it's particularly challenging for kids that don't get a particular subject. Perhaps, you know, you're, you're challenged in studying math, yep. you know, or, or even as I was That's in right. physics, you know, yeah. and it was just my boneheadedness that, <laughs> that kept me going with yeah. it, you know. And so you then think that if I can't be successful with something, then the problem is me. Right. And success is always measured by the score. Yep. 
That's why I love the fact that it's Carol Dweck who wrote this book. I mean, she's a world-renowned professor at Stanford, and that's not a small no. school by any it's means. It's very prestigious, yeah. yeah. So that, that's why I love the fact that she's the one writing this book. Mm-hmm. But anyways, there's something from that book. There's a chart in this book uh, that was put together by a guy named Nigel Holmes that I really enjoyed looking at because it summarized the whole book into a single chart. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, and, I, and, and I'm a very visual person, so yeah. that kind of helped me kind of sum up the whole book a little bit. So I'm just going to go over it. We're going to put this chart in our show notes. So if you guys want to actually see this uh, chart, just make sure you check out our show notes. It'll be in there. But this this uh, this chart kind of shows the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. So for example, it tells us how we handle challenges. So someone with a fixed mindset would avoid challenges, while somebody who has a growth mindset would embrace challenges. And it talks about obstacles or shows the difference between obstacles. So Uh, fixed mindset, we give up easily. Growth mindset, we persist in the face of setbacks. And then shows effort. Effort, fixed mindset is someone who sees effort as fruitless or worse, while looking at someone who's got a growth mindset sees effort as the pathway to mastery. So now we got criticism. That's another piece that they have on there. So criticism says a fixed mindset is someone who will ignore useful negative feedback. And I've done that where I, I, I get negative feedback and I think it hurts me more than it helps me when in reality I should take it and use it. Mm. Um, but it says a growth mindset is someone who takes that criticism and learns from it. Um, and, then, and then there's the aspect of what, how we view the success of others. And that, this isn't something a lot of times we look at unless we're talking about jealousy or something mm-hmm. like that. But here it talks about that someone who's got a fixed mindset is actually feels threatened by the success of others while the person with the growth mindset finds lessons and they even find inspiration in the success of others. Mm-hmm. That's why I love hanging out with people like you, Larry, mm-hmm. or any of the many mentors that I have in my life. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like... It, it, your your success is an opportunity for me to glean from you and figure out how to find my own success. It's never been a threat to me. And mm-hmm. I think that was, that was actually encouraging for me to read that. Mm-hmm. There's one aspect that I actually... Oh, you to. shouldn't feel threatened by my failures either. I just want to point that out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you failing at physics is kind of threatening. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and then the other part, uh, there, there was two other parts. So there's result and conclusion. So the result says someone with a fixed mindset they may plateau early and achieve less than their full potential. And I can't tell you how many people I know that fall into that category mm-hmm. where they still have so much potential, but they've kind of already given up because they've convinced themselves this is it. And then on the other side, which is the growth mindset, they reach ever higher levels of achievement. And I love that. Mm-hmm. And in conclusion, it says fixed mindset. All this confirms that a deterministic view of the world exists in the fixed mindset. Mm-hmm. And then for people who have a growth mindset, it says all this gives them a greater sense of free will. Mm. I was pointing back to the Bible, and I love that. Yeah, yeah, right on. And, you know, the thing that is important to remember about all this discussion with fixed mindset and growth mindset is that it's not one or the other. It's not you have a fixed mindset or you have a growth mindset, although I did say that in the opener and the teaser. But... <laughs> Uh, it, it's it's often that we we have a blend of both. Yeah. There are certain areas in our lives where we will have a growth mindset. We're very receptive to ideas. We're very receptive to uh, ways to improve. Uh, and we're looking for uh, how we can learn from an experience. And there are certain areas in our lives where we have a fixed mindset, mm-hmm. where if we get criticized or if, uh, if we get uh, called into question on something, we feel threatened by it. We right. feel like uh, we should be able to stake a claim on that. We should be able to be better at it than we 
perhaps are. Um, I like what uh, Carol Dweck said in her book. She said, the fixed mindset makes you concerned with how you'll be judged, where the growth mindset makes you concerned with improving. Hmm. And I think that's kind of a critical distinction. You know, when you when you find yourself wondering about whether you have a fixed or a growth mindset about something, ask, am I feeling judged by this, hmm. or do I see this as a way of improving? Right. It's not a problem. It's an opportunity. Right. And I love that. I do yeah. love that. Well, let me l- let me ask you a question, because this is, this is what I kind of want to pull from you, is why is it so important that we talk about mindset? Well, I think there's three things when it comes to transition and thinking about your next great beginning, that this whole idea of mindset's important and, and the reason to keep in mind. The first is that we might view transition as a failure rather than an opportunity to learn. We may have been laid off from our job, and we think that's an indictment about who we are as a person rather than what we can gain and learn from the experience. Mm. And so what that does then is it prompts us to try to prove ourselves. And uh, in, in some ways, there's this desire for passive revenge. Have you ever had that? You know, you've been, <laughs> you've been let go or you've, you've last your, le- left your last job, maybe even decided to leave it. But in some secretive inner person sadistic way, right. you want them to fail or be less I just, successful I, without I, you than, than they would have been with you, you know? Right. I just, I just want to point out if, that you just asked someone who has got a history in organized crime if they've ever dealt with revenge. So uh, that just happened. Right. <laughs> but I think there's something kind of insidious about us, you know, that when we leave, we, we somehow want others to suffer some kind of loss from it. And it's, that's a sign of, yep. of kind of a fixed mindset. The other, the other thing why it's important in transition is that if we're not careful, we might waste time pursuing the wrong options just to mm. prove ourselves. And I wasted a lot of years studying physics and pursuing that whole path when I would have been better off going to business school, given my current interests, than than trying to prove to people that I was smart by looking in the catalog and picking the hardest major to to (laughs) choose from, you know? Ironically, I was anything but, because I was, you know, trying to prove something to others that I wasn't inside. And of course, if I'm not, if I don't have the integrity to pursue what I've been built to to do, right. then I'm not smart at all. Right. Uh, and then the third thing, uh, why it's important to talk about mindset is that we might give counsel to others hmm. uh, about their thinking and about what they do with their life that may not be in their best interest. Oof. You know, have you ever told somebody, "Hey, you're really smart." Yeah. You know, that's fixed mindset thinking hmm. because now when you tell them that, they might go, "Oh, that's cool. They think I'm smart." Then they run into something and they can't do it which calls into question the belief about whether they're smart or not. Wow. And a compliment can actually... A compliment can actually do that kind of damage. Instead, it's better to reward effort than capability. Wow. You know, it's to say, hey, you really worked hard at that. You know, you've really shown your stuff Hmm. by the way you've applied yourself to it. That's so crucial that I've, I've, I seriously have never thought about that because I, I say that a lot because yeah. I'm surrounded by inc- extremely, extremely bright people. people. Yeah. yeah. And I point out how intelligent they are all the time. Yeah. But I've never thought about that. Yeah. And when you do that and, and it, people gather that in, they go, oh, cool. I, they think I'm smart. But then internally hmm. it forms this grid that they have to, to live up to. It becomes like an identity they have to live up to. Right. Wow. I've never thought of that. That's yeah, yeah. incredible. That is wisdom right there. So what are, obviously you've had some experience in this. So what are some indicators of a fixed mindset that you've seen in yourself, you've seen in me or others? Well, 
The first one we really already talked about, and that is a, the fixed mindset has a need to prove the worth in order to gain approval. I mean, my whole spin down the physics lane was just yeah. to show people I was intelligent yeah. in order to feel approved. And uh, Carol Dweck writes this. She says, it creates an urgency to prove yourself over and over. And if you have only a certain amount of intelligence, a certain personality, and a certain moral character, well, then you better prove that you have a healthy dose of it. It simply won't do good to look or feel deficient in the most basic characteristics. Wow. You know, so there's this whole need to always validate yourself. Hmm. Uh, alternatively, a growth mindset is less concerned about validation than hmm. it is about development. So you're like, am I getting better? Wow. The key in, in measure is, am I getting better? That scares me almost because I think about my generation and... I mean, a lot of us are in that position where we're constantly trying to validate ourselves to our peers, to our parents, to the world, yeah. to the corporations that we're trying to get jobs at. We're, we're constantly trying to validate ourselves that we are something and we're trying to convince them that we are. Well, you know, the, one of the things that's kind of scary to me, to be honest, Irene, is that after 30 years of having, re, having kind of abandoned my degree in physics, after 30 years of that, I'm still at the point where sometimes somebody will tell me, boy, you're smart. And it'll come back and it'll go, oh, cool. You know, I'm now, I, I'm, I've been releasing that. It's not as, as important to me for somebody to say that uh, than, than it has been in the past, but it is one of, those, one of those things. Well, second thing that could be an indicator that we have a fixed mindset is if we try to keep score. Huh. There's this scorecard that we might have, you know, how smart you are, that's your intelligence scorecard. Right. Maybe how likable you are, you know, that's kind of your personality scorecard. Right. Uh, do you have, how many friends do you have on Facebook or Twitter? And, you know, all those things are kind of like, <laughs> how validated am I? Right. You know, we'd want to score all that. And then the, the, the attractiveness scorecard, you know, how, how, how good looking are you? You dress well, you do all that sort of stuff. It's not like it's not important to be smart and likable and, and attractive, but the key is whether you're driven by those things. Mm. And is that a, a need that you have? And in a fixed mindset, when you encounter failure, for instance, in any of those dimensions, you know, you feel inadequate. Like, I'm the problem. I'm not smart enough. I don't have as many friends as I'd like to have. I, I'm not uh, as attractive as somebody else is. I'm not tall. You know? For right. me, it's like, why can't I have a normal name? You know, right. I've got a weird name. Why, right. why, why Leary as opposed to L-A-R-Y? You know? <laughs> and so all those things go, you know, kind of come back to there's something uh, wrong with me. Whereas when you experience failure... In a growth mindset, you look at it not as inadequacy, but as inexperience. Hmm. I just need to get better. I'm not quite there yet. You know? right. And so you can take failure, as Thomas Edison did, and say, well, okay, I learned another way. A light bulb's not going to get created. Mm -hmm. And uh, that keeps you going, keeps the energy up uh, for you to, uh, to go along the way. The third thing, uh, third indicator, is if you're unwilling to try new things. Because trying new things is a threat to somebody in a fixed mindset because you have to begin all over again. And, yeah. and, and the whole idea of a fixed mindset is that you're trying to validate that you're good at something. Yeah, I have and, friends that aren't even willing to try new foods. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm not willing to try new foods either. You know, many of them, anyway. <laughs> but, you know, when you try new things, by definition, you are a beginner. Right. You know, and, and sometimes it's it's easy to look at that and go, well, you know, I, I've got plenty to do without trying new things. But sometimes you don't want to try new things because you're simply trying to avoid 
the sense that maybe you don't have a good handle on something. Hmm. And I like what Peter Vale, the author of Learning as a Way of Being, wrote. He said, we do not need competency skills for this life. We need incompetency skills, the skills of being an effective beginner. Oh wow. And I and I just think that's so I think that's so cool and actually so right on. We've lost the art of trying to begin something and being okay with being a novice. Hmm. Yeah. I uh, I <laughs> it, it's kind of convicting reading that. I I don't ever like being the novice, so it's something I avoid. Right. I, I I'll I'll do it on my own time, but if I have to do it around other people, yes. Then then it's a different story. Right. And that's I think that's the thing. If we want to learn something, we'll do it in hiding and only reveal ourselves when we've mastered it. Right. And because we don't want to be publicly embarrassed with our own inabilities. Right. But it's pretty easy to come out and say, "Hey, look how great I am." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we want we, that's when we want to come out. It's right. like, you know, we want to come out on top and then we wonder, "Why does it take so long to get there?" Right. Because we're only learning something for the sake of validation, right. not for the sake of learning it. Hmm. And that's the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. Well, that's a lot to digest. So why don't we, why don't we bring it down a little bit? Let's make it a little applicable. Why don't you challenge me, Larry? All right, let's do that. <laughs> so what can we do about it? First of all, there are three things. Number one, take the thought captive. You know, we need to recognize that uh, there's faulty thinking. And the Bible tells us to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. That means we have to be cognizant of what we're thinking and where we're trying to get our life and meaning from. Hmm. And anything that we try to get life and meaning apart from Christ as our Lord, apart from what he says about us and who we are as his sons and daughters, is not in obedience to how he wants us to think. It's not truth. And so we have to be able to to take a look at that. And uh, second... Well, actually, before you go to yeah. the second, what I love about that is that it, it you're basically saying that rather than letting your thoughts control you, that you control your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Because I love that. I don't. I, I. I don't think anybody said that to me before. Um, maybe a psychologist has in the past, but took half an hour to say it and didn't click. But that's the first time. It's yeah, really and, and and you know we kind of get into a little bit of metaphysics about who is the you when yeah. you're separating it from your thoughts. But right. I believe that the spirit is what prompts us in mm. good thinking, mm. and uh, and it's part of that being regenerated as an inner man. And so we need to be thoughtful about our thinking. Yeah. And when we see erroneous thinking, we need to do something about it. And that brings us to step, step two, and that is to tell ourselves the truth. Hmm. So what is it that was wrong about what our thinking was, and how do we put ourselves back into alignment? Hmm. And we have to remind ourselves that our worth is not about our capability, that perfection is not attainable, the hmm. sight of heaven. Yeah. And to presume that it is, or that we will be number one. You hear so many people say, unless you're going to be number one at something, you shouldn't even do it at all. Well, to me, that's kind of fixed mindset thinking. That's basically saying, unless you can be king of the hill and validated, then you're nothing. Yeah. You know? I love that. I, honestly, I I don't know how many hiring processes I've gone through. Not not me getting hired, but me hiring on other people. And if there's anything that I will live by for the rest of my professional career is I will always hire character above talent any day of the week. Mm. And I don't. I you could be the most capable person in the world, 
But if your char- character doesn't match your talent, I could care less. Yeah, and I, I think this fixed mindset is one of those things that really employers should do well to look at and to right. say, how can I evaluate whether they're going to take something from a growth mindset or a fixed mindset? Because I think it's much easier to get an employee developed right. with a growth mindset than a fixed mindset. Yeah. Trust me, I was uh, I was one of those hard to <laughs> malle- uh, malleable. I was immalleable as an employee. Um, and the third thing then is, of course, you know, it's one thing to take the thought captive and understanding where we're erroneous, and second, to apply the truth of it. But the third is, or to understand what the truth is, the third is then we got to act on it. You know, it's like getting on the horse. You know, you, you have to take a positive action. So what is it that you can learn about what you've just discovered in the erroneous thinking that you can act on? Hmm. Let me give you an example of this, because it just happened the other day. Of course it did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it always seems like when we're preparing for a show, God has something to say. Well, I'm going to give you some, I'm going to give you some examples right. of that in real life. What, what, you know, just the other day, like three days ago, I looked it up in my journal. Three days ago, I was, uh, I had read one of my books and, uh, in, and there was an essay that was written by this guy. I thought, oh, that's kind of a cool essay. So it, at the end of the essay, it had his uh, website. I thought, well, I'll pop out to his website. And I'm like, wow, this guy travels around the world, writes books, has been written up in all the big journals as one of the top guys to watch influencing Silicon Valley <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. And I'm sitting here going, cool. And I look at it, and he's, he's younger than you are, I mean. Stop it. Yeah, he is. I mean, I'll give you a reason to be jealous of this guy I just as I like was. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here's the thing, though. I looked at that, and, and immediately I felt defective. Hmm. Here's a guy who's accomplished, like, really cool stuff that I would like to accomplish, and he's done it in, with excellence from what I can tell. I mean, well, he's had rave reviews. I mean, I don't know what all the rest of his life is like, but I do know how it left me feeling. Hmm. It left me feeling like... Like I, my voice doesn't matter. Wow! Like what I have to say, it, it pales compared to what this guy's already accomplished in such short period of time. Huh. Well, immediately that was uh, understanding the thought. I mean, that was I saw it, and I had to take it captive. So immediately I turned to my journal hmm. and I started journaling, and I got that toxic yuck out of my system, and I I wrote out. This is this is straight from my journal. Oh, okay, you're reading. I'm gonna I'm gonna read oh, okay. you what I wrote in my journal. I look at what some of these other people accomplish, and I think I'm a total idiot. They are in a different orbit, and what do I have to offer the world? Now, do you see some fixed thinking in that? A little bit. I'm a total <laughs> idiot? I mean, that's all fixed mindset thinking. you know. And so I had to continue on in my journal and remind myself of the truth, you know, that God has a field for me that isn't this guy's. It's right. a different field. Right. And that he's gifted me differently than him. And that the expression of what I need to tell the world is different than his expression. Yeah. And it's equally valid. Hmm. And that it's not about comparing how big a platform is or how many different exotic places he's been versus me. You know, I've been to Bartlesville, Oklahoma. Yeah. You know, that's pretty exotic. Yeah. Uh, but but then I needed to then act on the truth. Yeah. So how did I act on the truth? So first of all, just looking at what he did gave me an idea. Mm-hmm. And I, so I sat down and I outlined that idea. And then I did something that I probably would never have done before. I signed up for his blog. I thought instead of resisting him and feeling like I want him to fail, I'm going to learn from him. I'm going to grab some inspiration mm-hmm. as I can along the way. Mm-hmm. That was a huge, huge step for me. Yeah, so the, the three steps that we can take are to, to take the thought captive, mm-hmm. tell yourself the truth, and then find some way to act on it. I love that. I absolutely love that. I, I I walked away after reading this, and I, and I breezed through it, so I didn't read it in depthly as you did, but I walked away telling myself, 
And it's something I want to tell the people that I sit in front of that go through this. But I, I just want to sit in front of people that feel like they're failing, saying, just because you failed, you're not a failure. Right. Just because you lost, you're not a loser. That's right. Just because you missed out on something doesn't mean you're incapable of seeing opportunity. Not All these negative things that happen don't become your identity. They are not your labels to walk around with. Every single one of those situations, whether it was failing or losing or whatever it was, all those are is an opportunity to grow. That's right. And that's what that book gave me, and I love that. Yeah, and if nothing else... If it raises our sensitivity, and I hope that this podcast will do that, not only for yourself, but raises the possibility that you will see someone who succumbs to a fixed mindset, and you can encourage them yes. with just the very words that you just said, Armin. Exactly. And and the world needs to hear that. The world needs to hear that there there is so much potential that God has to pour out through our lives. But if yeah. we strive and try to do that on our own and try to prop ourselves up and try to be validated and mm-hmm. have other people think that we're something that that we really know we're going to be inadequate in some ways, but we're learning, we're growing. That's a huge thing. Yeah, that is success. Growing is is success. Yeah, it is. And failing is a part of success. Fail forward, you're winning. Yeah. So... Well, we should probably wrap up this episode of Reinventure Me. I want to mention an upcoming workshop that I do at Dream Intensive. It's coming up on February 21st and 22nd here in Minneapolis in March 14th and 15th in Denver. And I invite you to learn more at dreamintensive.com. This is the evening, Friday night and day, Saturday, for you to get away with God and with other people in community to really explore what God wants to do in your life in this next chapter. And so if that's a question that's compelling to you right now, this is the time, February 21st and 22nd in Minneapolis, March 14th and 15th in Denver. And I invite you to learn more at dreamintensive.com. Well, Armin mentioned just a moment ago, you talked about identity. That's right. Yeah. We're going to talk about it the next episode because there is something really fundamental mm-hmm. that happens when we make a change. That's right. And it hits on our identity, and it's really a core issue. So we're going to talk about all that at our next uh, episode of Reinventure Me. For now, leave a question or a comment that you might have on on the show. We'd love to hear from you. And, of course, uh, we'd love for you to join our discussion on Facebook or or reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, We look forward to seeing you on our next episode. Never stop becoming what you should be. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Amin Asadi.